So Lisa Long, thanks so much for being with us. You're from Latonia, and right now you're in Poland on the ground helping Ukrainian refugees. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. This is such an important mission that we're on, and we're, we're grateful to be able to talk to our Youngstown community about it. Absolutely. And we've seen lots of recent reports lately about the violence perpetrated on the Ukrainian people, you know, of course, leading them to fleeing the country. What stories are you hearing or seeing from these refugees firsthand about maybe what they've been through before getting across the border? You know, what kind of violence have they seen or what they're still experiencing as they get across the border? What have you heard? Of course. So I'll tell you two of the most impactful stories that I've heard so far. Um, one, we met a woman named Lily and she and her two daughters, beautiful, beautiful children. Lily is a vascular surgeon and she escaped from the Ukraine into Poland just a few days ago. She said that it uh, they had been in a shelter or basement for two weeks hiding from the bombing and the terror. So two weeks with her family down there. Then it took a couple days to even drive out of the country. Thankfully, they had their own car. Took a couple days to get out. And then Madison, 72 hours on the border. So I want to remind you that, you know, the refugees are women, children, elderly. It's cold here. It, it's not a lot warmer than it is in Youngstown, I think, even a, a little colder here. Really windy. So 72 hours. And what Lily said is she had two hands to either take the hands of two, her two daughters or take two suitcases that would have warm clothes in them when they fled. So she chose her daughters, obviously. So two two hands that could have held coats and things to keep warm on the border. And then to get to Warsaw, it was about a six hour drive from the border in that to Warsaw. So just think of that, that travel. You know, they were uh, hearing bombs all around them. They were fleeing. They don't, they haven't been able to talk to dad, brothers, grandfathers. Another story we heard um, that has been just haunting me, honestly, her name is Bella. Bella is um, a survivor of the first war of, of, the, of World War II, and she remembers hearing these same noises in Ukraine when when it was being invaded in World War II. And now, at her old older age, she's she's having to do this all over again. And she said it really just brought it back all of these the same noises the russian troops coming from the sea and invading and um she is in a wheelchair bound somehow she made it across the border somehow she made it to our jewish agencies here in warsaw she cannot dress herself she cannot bathe herself she's here completely at the will of, of volunteers here from the uh, the Jewish Agency for Israel, from the joint um, from the Joint Commission, which we call the JDC. So just stories upon stories like that, over and over again. Yeah, and I know there's so much uncertainty for them as as they look ahead. But is Arbella and Lily and her children are they safe now, and are they happy to be across the border? So I don't know if I would use the word happy. They're they're safe and they're relieved. Um, the Jewish Agency for Israel and the Joint the are both running hotels for Jewish refugees, um, Jewish and non-Jewish. They're not you know really asking, but it really is 
targeted towards those who might want to be moving to Israel or who need a sense of Jewish community there. And so they are running hotels. They've bought out multiple hotels and they are, they're, they're safe and cared for in, in these hotels right now. We've also visited refugee centers where most people um, wind up as they're crossing over the border. And so those refugee centers are honestly like, if you would think of, if we would take the Cavelli Center at home um, and fill it with cots, that's where people are staying. But the Cavelli Center is so much nicer than what we've seen. They do not have lights. They obviously do not have showers. So the only light in these places are from sunlight. So which means when it gets dark, it's dark in there and they're on temporary cots. Um, there's booths for different countries and it's just the flags kind of hung over like the concession stand, if you will. And they're having, the, our, the refugees are having to wait in these lines to talk to people from these countries to see if they can get in, how long it would take. And then obviously if they can, how they then make their way to those different countries. I couldn't even imagine. Hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel for these people, but my gosh, those are quite some stories. And how long have you been in Poland doing this? So, so we left Youngstown Friday afternoon. We got in on Saturday afternoon. How long do you plan on staying? So we were supposed to leave last night, um, but we have extended our trip and we're leaving tomorrow. Wow. All right. Well, Lisa, thanks for sharing these stories. Is there anything else that you want people to know, I mean, you're from here, of course, you're from the Valley, and this is kind of why we're doing this story so that people can hear these firsthand stories, because really it's only a glimpse, I mean, of what what's happening and the violence, and you guys are able to hear some of those. Is there anything else you want people to know? Yeah, first, I, I wanna say thank you to the Youngstown community, both our Jewish community and our general community at large. When we announced this mission, the outpouring of support was absolutely amazing. We brought over 300 pounds, over 300 pounds of supplies that were asked for over the counter medications, little toys for kids that I was able to hand personally to, to each child when we were at these refugee centers and the smiles that it brought to their faces. Um, you know, people have been donating so that we could afford to bring the supplies over here and so that we could pay for things as we saw needs arise. And so the donations that poured in, in less than a week, over $4,000 raised just for this mission. We will continue to raise money through the Jewish Federation. And there is a, a link on our, on our webpage. They can also, once I'm back in the office, give me a call at the Federation. Um, one of the doctors that we spoke to, uh, someone asked if, she had seen PTSD symptoms. And she said, no PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress. This is the stress, this is the trauma. So this, these needs are not going to be over. Even after the war is over, this doesn't end. And so what we need to think of is what the chief rabbi of Poland said to us um, on our first day here. How can we help one more? How can we save one more life in a problem that seems so big and so overwhelming. Think of it that way, it simplifies it. How can I help one person? And we'd be happy to help people decide how to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's help that will go a long way. Well, thanks so much, Lisa, for everything that you're doing and for just recalling these stories for us. Um, hopefully it'll be just a teaching moment for a lot of people here because you know we hear it all over the news and see it, but just knowing that there's someone local there on the ground hearing it firsthand, I think it's just a good 
educational moment for everyone so that they can do what they can to help. So I really appreciate your help. Thank you, Madison.